What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Football and Show podcast. Once again, got my boy Mo um, in the studio with me or in my office with me. Uh, don't worry, there is at least six feet apart from each other. We are social distancing <laughs> as best as we can. Uh, definitely good to have you on again, Mo. What's going on? What's going on, man? Man, I've been listening to a few of your uh, few of your episodes you put out recently. They're they're good, man. Appreciate you putting it. out good shit. Um, I don't agree with you on everything, but you know that's why we're here. About that's to how do it's this, supposed uh, to be. We don't have to agree on everything. That's what makes it fun. So today, guys, the episode we got for you is uh, because there's not a lot of there's really not a lot of sports to talk about with the whole COVID nineteen going on right now. Every single sport is either canceled or postponed. So we've really been trying to figure out what to come up with you guys. So we thought, what better time than to go over top five skill position players in the league currently as of right now. Um, so after you guys go and listen to, this, listen to this, let us know what you guys think on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Let us know your guys' top five. Uh, without further ado, Mo, go ahead and give us your number one. All right. What position are we going to do first? Uh, let's do wide receivers first. We'll save quarterbacks for last. All right. Well, so I'm going to go with the number one wide receiver in the NFL right now is Michael Thomas. I feel like it's no argument, no debate from anybody that has anybody else other than Michael Thomas at number one. Would be kind of ridiculous to me, you know what I'm saying, 1,725 yards this past season, nine touchdowns. He doesn't drop a pass. Right. He's got hands almost as great as Larry Fitzgerald. He doesn't drop a pass. So, you know, his – He's been improving every year since he's been a rookie. Come in as a second-round pick. So not too much was expected as far as being a superstar, but there's been that development from a second-round pick into superstar every year, and and right now he just keeps going up. So I'm going to go with Michael Thomas at number one. I agree with you 100%. Like you said, 1725 yards. That led the NFL. 149 catches. Not only did that lead the league this past season, but it's also an all-time single-season record passing Marvin Harrison. Um, he got some dope cleats or gloves, one of the two from Jordan, because he is a Jordan athlete. Uh, his body, he, he has the perfect body for, for receiver. He's fast. He's big. He can body them. I think a lot of times when he goes up for those passes, he basically uh, uh, box them out. Like, he's a uh, power forward in, in the NBA. <coughs> he'd be he boxing out the DBs, getting that position, putting his hands, and he has strong hands. He has strong, strong hands. Um, but yeah, definitely number one wide receiver in the league right now, Michael Thomas, hands down. Number two, I got uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, to me, right now is hands down the number two. You could make an argument that he's number one. I won't really listen to it, but he's definitely uh, over this past season, one thousand one hundred sixty-five yards, which is only good for eleventh in the league. Um, but you got to think about it. Dude's been the number one receiver on that team and really the only receiver on that team. Yeah, they got Kenny Stills, they got Will Fuller, but like we've talked about before, Will Fuller is always hurt and Kenny Stills does not take the top off defenses. Defense don't really respect him, so they're definitely paying attention to John Jay Hopkins on the outside. Um, and he gets 6.9 receptions a game, which I believe led, led the league or second behind Michael Thomas, one of the two. Yeah, at number two, uh, I'm agree with you, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Not much more, you know. what I'm saying, not no argument there. Not really much to add. You know, you hit it on the, you know, you hit it on the head. So yeah, I'm just, you know, my number two is DeAndre Hopkins. Also, uh, one thing I will say about it though is Kyler Murray about to ball out next year. 
100%. Oh, most definitely. You gave Kyler Murray a number one wide receiver like DeAndre Hopkins. Look, they play it right and draft the offensive lineman, and they're able to protect Kyler Murray. That offense going to be dangerous. Yep. Possible playoff team. Possible. All right, who, who you got at number three? All right. At number three, I got Julio. Okay. Um, I'm rocking with Julio at number three. Now, the only problem I have with Julio, and there was at one point where, you know, I thought Julio was the best wide receiver in the league. Uh, right before, probably in 2017, right before Michael Thomas really established himself on the scene as an uh, arguable one, two, or three wide receiver. But I got Julio. The only problem I do have with Julio, though, is the fact that Julio isn't a guy that catches a lot of touchdowns. His yards to touchdown ratio, as far as, you know what I'm saying, he'll 14, 15, six touchdowns. That's just, he don't produce enough touchdowns for him to say he's the best wide receiver. Because at one point, I really felt like Julio was the best wide receiver since Calvin Johnson. Mm-hmm. I really felt like he was the next coming of Megatron. Julio was the Megatron. After Calvin Johnson, but he just he don't produce enough touchdowns for me. If he did, it would be scary. And I really think if Julio was in that nine to eleven touchdowns a season mark consistently, he would hands down be the best wide receiver. Yeah, um, my three is the same. This is getting pretty boring. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, but my three two is is Julio Jones, thirteen ninety four yards this past season, fourteen point one yards per uh, per reception. That nearly 1,400 yards was good for second in the league. And his catch reception, let me look up his catch reception real quick. 69, I'm sorry, 63.1% of his catches were caught. That's good for sixth in the league. Uh, The only people that are better than him, obviously Michael Thomas was at 80.5% of his his, uh, throws to him were catches. Christian McCaffrey, which I don't really count as a receiver. You're only getting little three, four-yard passes. Keenan Allen, DeAndre Hopkins, and Julian Edelman. But you're right. He doesn't catch a lot of touchdowns. I remember, I think it was not this past season, but the one before, he had that stretch where he didn't score a touchdown until like week 12 or 13, something like that in the season. He was putting up yards. He was putting up yards and catches and yards per game and all that. He was productive, but he just wasn't catching uh, those touchdown passes, which a lot of fantasy football players, that's what we like. We need we need touchdowns. Yeah, catches are nice. Yards are cool. But we need those six points. Uh, number four, I think this is where we're going to be a little bit different on. Um, not really a hometown kid for me, but he did go to college in my hometown. Uh, Green Bay Packers, Devontae Adams is my number four receiver. And I know his stats aren't up there with everybody else's. He's 18th in the league in in passes this or in, in yards this year, average 12 yards per reception. But I just like the way he plays. I like the way he plays. He plays hard. He's humble. He stays quiet. You don't hear about you know he he's in the news. He's no AB. He's not throwing furniture out of hotel rooms. He's not <laughs> assaulting truck drivers for you know wanting money. He he don't do none of that. He's a good physical quick receiver. It helps that he has Aaron Rodgers at quarterback throwing to him. I, I just like the way he plays. All right. At number four, yeah, we definitely switched it up. Now, I contemplated whether this was going to be Devontae Adams, but I'm going to rock number four with Mike Evans. Actually, speaking of, I don't have the uh, Devontae Adams in my top five. Uh, I, number four, I'm going with Mike Evans. Um Part of it is what he has done so far in his time in the NFL. He's only 26. 
part of it is is what he's done in the NFL. You know, 2018, he had 1,500 yards, eight touchdowns last year. He had 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns, and he missed a couple games with injuries. But a big part in why I'm going to put him at number four is I do think he's arguably the fourth best wide receiver in the league, but I think it'll he'll solidify his position come this season with Tom Brady at quarterback. So I think Tom Brady will actually be able to elevate his game a little bit. He's already a top wide receiver, but I, I think his stats, as long as he's healthy, I think his stats will go up even more. And he might even be in that 10-11 uh, touchdown the season range come next season. And he might even be in that 1,400-1,500 yards. So I'm going to go with Mike Evans at number four. You better hope so because statistically speaking, he ain't even the best receiver on his team. Uh, of course, Godwin, statistically is a, have more yards and a better catch percentage. Mike Evans missed a couple games last year. He missed three. That's and Chris Godwin missed two. So only played Chris Godwin only played one more game than than Mike Evans did. Um, but I like that pick. I like Mike Evans. I don't think, as you're about to say, I don't think he's a top five actually because I do not have him in my top five. Uh, he wasn't even in the consideration when I was going through this. In fact, I I was contemplating putting a tight end at number five. Uh, just because tight ends, especially in this in today's NFL, they are pass catchers. They are essentially bigger wide receivers. But uh, who you got at number five? Number five, I got OBJ. I'm going to go with Odell Beckham. Uh, I know he had a down year this past year in Cleveland. Uh, I really do believe part of it was because he played hurt the whole season. I'm, I don't, I'm not a man of excuses. I don't really like excuses, but just... From a pure talent standpoint, Odell might be the most talented wide receiver in the NFL. If his if his stats consistently backed it up, Odell probably would be the best wide receiver in the NFL. He makes amazing catches. One hand, you know, we could take it all the way back to the catch, which was against my Dallas Cowboys. But as far as pure talent, I think Odell Beckham is the most talented wide receiver in the NFL. And with that, with him having a down year, I think he's going to bounce back. And he's going to prove everybody who disagrees with the fact that he's a top five wide receiver or doesn't think he's ever going to be the same Odell Beckham. I think come this year, they got, you know, they got a brand new head coach in Cleveland. Seems like he's going to like to spread the ball around. You know, they go inside in a tight end, but I think Odell Beckham, I'm going to put Odell Beckham at five. And I think he has the potential to be a lot higher, compete with Michael Thomas at number one, even at least be in a two or three conversation. One thing I always hear about Odell Beckham I used to think he was one of the top receivers. I used to like him. I do like him a lot. Uh, but one thing I was arguing, I can't remember who it was, but I had brought up Odell Beckham was probably the top receiver in the game. And then he said, if he didn't have that catch, where would he be? That that catch put him on the map. That catch, haters knew who he was. Obviously, in that time, yes, we all knew who he was because we're all football fans. I'm remember watching him at LSU with Jarvis Landry. He was good. Without that catch, I that catch really did put him, I think it bolsters him a little bit more than it should. He's a good one-handed catch, uh, one-handed catch receiver, just like Jarvis Landry is. He's definitely top 10. I don't know how far up he would go, but definitely not top five. Uh, because if you look at his, his, his years, his stats over the years, they're consistent, but they're not consistently great. Yeah, but a couple of those years he was hurt. But I will say, 
I, I get what you're saying, and like I definitely was willing to listen to that aspect of if he didn't make that catch, who would he be? Because at the same time, that catch made him more than just an icon in the NFL. Made him a global icon. Yep. Odell Beckham is a brand in itself, and now you know he was a social media star and this, that, and the other. So at the same time, even when Odell's down. He's out and about for us to think about him. So that that makes sense. I still think from a pure talent stand, standpoint, he's the most talented wide receiver. But I get what you're saying. Where would he be? And maybe if it wasn't for his glamour, his social media, you know what I'm saying, him just being everywhere, maybe I wouldn't have been thinking about Odell Beckham. But just watching him, I do think he's arguably the most talented wide receiver. Route running, speed, athleticism, catchability. You know, he can make the impossible possible. So... Yeah, I, I'm going to still rock with him in the top five, but that is a good point of, of where would he be without that catch. He'd still be Odell Beckham, but he definitely wouldn't be OBJ. I don't think he'd be OBJ without that catch. Number five, I got it number five. You might like this. A lot of other people might not like this. I got Amari Cooper at number five. He's the reason that uh, Dak is about to get that $33 million check for, for 16 weeks of work. Amari, and the thing that sets Amari Cooper apart from everybody else, like the Odell Beckham, like the Jarvis Landry, like the, the Keenan Allens, um, and the reason I decided to end up putting him in over Travis Kelsey, who was going to be not my number one, obviously my number one tight end, my number five uh, wide out pass catcher, is his footwork. How we were talking about before we started recording, Chad Johnson probably has the best footwork of all time, as far as receivers go. But... If you look at Amari Cooper's footwork and his route run, he is the purest route runner in the league right now and possibly of all time. I like the way he, he breaks his routes. He does the he 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 has mastered the head fakes. You think he's gonna go in and then he runs that corner post and no one around him. He's the reason that the Dak is about to get this check, and he's the only reason that Dak went eight and eight last season. What you think? Part of me wanted to put Amari Cooper in the top five. But then, you know, one, I didn't want to be biased. Even though, you know, production sells itself. But part the, the part that it, why I didn't put Amari Cooper in the top five is I feel like the one hit on Amari Cooper, and that's inconsistency. Last season, Amari Cooper was very inconsistent. If you if you if you break down like the past two years of since he's been in Dallas, if you look at Amari Cooper's numbers. To me, his numbers are a little bit inflated the same way Dak's are for the simple fact, like, he's had 16, 1,700 yards since he's been with Dallas, but there were, like, a couple games where he was in the high 180s, 150 plus. Uh, I remember the one game where he had over 200 yards against Philly last year. So, like, he has some inflated games where he has some incredible games, but then he'll give you 150, 160 in one game, and he'll give you, like, 65 the next game, 70 the next game, and... Uh, um, I had a homeboy pointed out to me, Amari Cooper folds against top corners. Amari Cooper would do great against, you know, decent average or a little bit above average. But if you look okay. at his performance against top corners, like, yeah, he does his thing against Philly, who has one of the worst secondaries in the league. Yeah, he did his thing against, you know what I'm saying, the Redskins and Dolphins, but those are two rebuilding programs. A lot of people do have their best games against them, but they're up and coming and rebuilding. But you look at Amari Cooper versus Marshawn Lattimore, one catch, no stats. One catch, like seven yards. You look at Amari Cooper versus Stephon Gilmore, lockdown. You look at Amari Cooper versus a depleted Xavier Rhodes against the Vikings, 
That man quit in that game. They pulled him out in a game that we could have won on a game-winning play that was going to be a pass play. Amari Cooper wasn't even on the field. There's a reason for that. His inconsistency and his not being able to play against top corners, you know what I'm saying, is a big reason. He didn't even play great against the Rams when they had Jalen Ramsey. You know, that, that game, the one big game that we won, I guess you could say the biggest game that we won, was based off of Zeke's performance and Dak's dink and dunk. And Michael Gallup actually was the one that had a the better game that game. So True. that is a point out that, you know, my homeboy made me think about it. And I was like, yeah, I mean, you can't be a top guy if you ain't performing against other top guys at the cornerback position. When we talk about wide receiver, if you're playing against top corners in the league and they're shutting you down, how can you really claim? You know, you can't claim the best when you're not. You got to beat the best to be the best. So that was the reason why I left Amari Cooper outside of my top five. He's right outside. Him and Devontae Adams are six and seven. But that that was another reason besides trying to be biased. After really analyzing that aspect of it, like that that's a correct look and take, and that's why I just I leave Amari Cooper outside my top five until he shows me more against top corners in the league. Yeah, but you, you know, he was inconsistent. He is inconsistent. But his the two quarterbacks he's had in his career have not been the most consistent. You had one good year with Derek Carr. Uh, back in, I think it was 2016, and Derek Carr was an MVP candidate. That's when he they were you know, up there in the playoff race. They won the division, and then Derek Carr broke his leg. And then you have Dak Prescott, who is not a consistent quarterback, who is not worth $40 million like he wants, who's not even worth the $33 million that he's about to get. So that's one thing that I will go to his defense, even though he is a Dallas Cowboy fan, or he is a Dallas Cowboy player. That's one thing I will go towards to his defense about, is but he has an inconsistent quarterback. There's two names I'm going to throw out there. Jameis Winston and Teddy Bridgewater. Hey, Jameis Winston's a baller, okay? But Jameis Winston and Teddy Bridgewater. Now, granted, Mike Evans made it into my top five. Now, you didn't have him top five, and, and that's, you know, but... Mike Evans was still, he would be considered, you, you would put him in your top 10. So Mike Evans would be considered with Jameis Winston as his quarterback. reason I bring up Teddy Bridgewater is because Michael Thomas is considered the best wide receiver in the league by almost everybody. Right. He had a spurt of five games last year where Teddy Bridgewater was his quarterback. Now, I'm not, Teddy Bridgewater is a drop off from Breeze. Now, it didn't seem like major, but the reason why it didn't seem like major is because Michael Thomas's production didn't drop off with Teddy Bridgewater as quarterback. And I'm not going to think – I don't really think Teddy Bridgewater is better than Dak. Is he just as good? Maybe. I really don't even think he's on Dak's level. He's right up under. But in Michael Thomas's consistency stayed the same with Teddy Bridgewater. So I don't really want to bail out Amari Cooper. Everybody ain't going to have, you know what I'm saying, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, or Russell Wilson as their quarterback. Like, And they're still – some of these top wide receivers are still having, you know what I'm saying? Odell Beckham had Eli Manning and was still giving production. He had Baker Mayfield. Granted, he was hurt a lot of last year, so we didn't even get the 100% healthy Odell Beckham. But, like, when Odell comes out and balls this year, he's going to have Baker Mayfield as his quarterback. Baker Mayfield is not a top 15 quarterback. So, I, the it, he's had good enough quarterbacks. He had Derek Carr in the MVP year. He had Dak Prescott in a career year. So, to me, he's had good enough quarterbacks to be able to stay consistent. But I get where you look at, like, oh, he hasn't had the greatest quarterbacks. But then look at his best games and look who he matched up against at corner. And look at his worst games and who he matched up against, matched up with at corner. 
His best games is against like Philly, Washington, Miami. He goes big on games with they don't have lockdown corners. You know what I'm saying? And then he goes no show against the Saints. He goes no show against uh, New England. He goes no show against Minnesota against Xavier Rose, who just got released. So that's also another thing with these wide receivers is who are they matching up against? And Dak is good enough to say, like, you should be consistent enough if you a top wide receiver in the NFL. Dak is good enough. He's not great, but he's good enough. You better hope you're wrong because uh, you know who homeboy has to go up against twice a year now. Who? Darius Slay. So that's two games of, according, according to your metrics, two catches, 37 yards, no touchdowns, no real impact. All right, so that's enough of the wide receivers. Next, we're going to go to running backs. And I will start this one off, uh, mainly because I don't really have any stats to back him up because his stats do not back it up. Uh, But number one, I got Saquon Barkley as my number one running back because I just love the way he plays. I love the way he plays. I love his run style, and it reminds me a lot of Barry Sanders, who I don't care what nobody says. I will find anybody who says otherwise. He is the greatest running back of all time. (laughs) Emmitt Smith, every night before he goes to bed, he prays to whoever he prays to and thanks him for making Barry Sanders retire early. Because if if, if Sanders never retires early, that record is his, not Emmitt's. That's understandable. I take it with that. But he did retire early, and Emmitt Smith still holds them records, so... Yeah, and Emmitt Smith, a cowboy. Come on, man. We produce nothing but great players. No, y'all produce great offensive lines. I could have broken the record behind that offensive line. That was the greatest, possibly the greatest offensive line of all time. The O-line argument. Same thing. O-line argument. Is it not the same thing? Look at a few years ago with DeMarco Murray. Everybody thought DeMarco Murray was great. He goes to a mediocre offensive line in Tennessee. What happens? He's out the league two years later. Yeah, but he was splitting and, carries when he went when he went to Tennessee. He was splitting carries with a rookie, Derrick Henry. Like that they drafted. I mean, that was arguably well, it's not arguable. It'll be arguable to other people, but Derrick Henry was deemed the best running back in college coming out. He wasn't by any means, but he was splitting carries with a Derrick Henry. Also, like yeah, his production went down, but they already they signed Demarco and was looking another way of. Split carries, so your, your load going to go down anyway. Right, which is because what they saw in Dallas was, okay, it's not the running back, it's the offensive line. They just needed a mentor for Derrick Henry. They were never looking for that production because they knew they were never going to get that production because they knew that DeMarco Murray was not what the stats showed. It was that offensive line. Well. Same thing with back in the day with Emmitt Smith. It was that offensive line. I agree. I mean, I don't agree with your number one running back. You just said it. You just said it. You agree. No. Hey, we got it. I I agree. I I hear what you're saying. I I agree with her. I'm okay with your pick at number one because I see where you get. You just like him. And Saquon Barkley is an exciting running back. Don't get me wrong. And he has through the roof potential. He's he's a one in a he's a once in a lifetime running back. Now there's a couple of those in the NFL. If you have a chance to get Saquon Barkley, you go get Saquon Barkley. Exactly. I'm not going to disagree. And who knows what he would have did if he would have never got hurt last year. Right. So, and you know, he might even be a little bit better if he wasn't on Giants. But look at what he did his rookie year. So, I agree. But my number one is probably the most major bias. But I have evidence for it to make sense. Ex-Buckeye, 
Dallas Cowboys superstar, Ezekiel Elliott. Zeke is the best running back in the league. This past year was considered a down year for Zeke. He still ran for 1,300 yards. The year before that, leads the league in rushing. The year before that, would have led the league in rushing at the, until he got suspended, was leading the league in rushing until he got suspended. Rookie year, leads the league in rushing. So we already talking about his first three years. You take away the suspension, and it's always projections. And that, Zeke, before he got suspended, was leading the league in rushing. He was going to continue that trend because it just would have been a trend for his first three years. And I, I, I love the, the offensive line argument and this and that and the other. And I get it. Well, guess what? The circumstance is he was, especially his rookie year, in his second year, he was behind the best O-line. But guess what? He produced behind the best O-line. Because there's some guys that aren't going to give you 1,600 yards rushing. There's some guys that aren't going to give you 1,400 yards rushing behind that offensive line. There's not five other running backs that would have gave you the same production, same official production that Zeke gave you. So I'm a rock, and part of his bias, he's an ex-Buckeye, you know, Dallas Cowboys superstar. So yeah, part of his bias, but he he has numbers to the point that it's definitely arguable. And you putting Saquon Barkley at number one surprised me anyway, because I just figured you was going to go the same route that everybody else went anyway. So I'm glad you picked Saquon Barkley at number one, because you don't have the same thought process that everybody else has. Who do you think I was going to pick? Derrick Henry? No, Christian McCaffrey. No. I figured you were going to take Christian McCaffrey. And I'm sorry, I don't, I'm not. Christian McCaffrey this past season was the best running back in the league. Past season. But I think if I think part of Christian McCaffrey's hype, he's white. And in the same year that, you know, I don't always bring race into this, but the same year that all these black quarterbacks were on the map, you know what I'm saying? I know Mahomes is mixed, but. In, in the eyes of society, he's a, he's a black quarterback. Him winning the Super Bowl was equivalent of a black quarterback winning the Super Bowl. When Russell Wilson won the Super Bowl, another black quarterback won the Super Bowl. And you know what I'm saying? Some of these top quarterbacks, I'm not going to get into it because we about to get into it, but some of these top quarterbacks in the league are black, and we're not used to that. We're right. used to them being five white guys, typically. It ain't usually a black guy in the top five at quarterback. So in the same year that the black quarterback kind of started taking over, the young black quarterback... Christian McCaffrey was there, and I was—I think some of his got boosted because he's a, a white running back. I think his – first of all, he was – Christian McCaffrey was the only weapon that they had. They don't have a true number one receiver. Uh, who is his name? I think Darius Moore, something more. Yeah, DJ he, Moore. He, DJ Moore. He's not a true number one receiver. That was, I think, their number one receiver. But back, back to, to Zeke. Lyle Collins, who, had he not been accused of murdering his girlfriend or whoever he did that year coming out the draft, would have been a first-round draft pick. Why nobody picked him up in the draft, I don't know why. Yeah, we came up on that pick. You're going to go down the line of our offensive yes, line. Yes, I have it up right now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, Lyle Collins, who was a first-round talent, who is a first-round talent, mm-hmm. should have been drafted in the first round. Yeah. They got him as an undrafted free agent. No argument there. Tyron Smith, perennial pro bowler. No From argument my USC there. Trojans. No argument there. Right now, at left guard, you guys got Connor Williams. Only because Travis uh, Travis Frederick just retired. So, for the past five years, you have had Travis, Freder- uh, Travis Frederick, another perennial pro bowler, all pro. And at right guard, you have Zach Martin, another perennial <laughs> pro bowler and all pro. Just made all pro this past season at right guard. Mm-hmm. His offensive line. I'm not saying Zeke is not a good running back. He is a great running back. 
He's a once coming out of Ohio State. Coming out, Zeke was taken at number four. But he was taken at number four. Coming out of college, Zeke was a great running back. There are people, besides me, because I'm a little biased, but there are people that already felt like Zeke. Actually, the Cowboys clearly felt like Zeke, and everybody who who had projected their drafts, the mock drafts that year that Zeke came out, said he was better than the Heisman winning running back. How, how are you a running back winning the Heisman and you're not considered the best running back coming into the draft? Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry won the Heisman that year. But then Zeke, them last three games were averaged 230 yards in the play in their little Big Ten championship in both playoff games to win the national championship. Zeke ran Ohio State to the national championship. Zeke ran Dallas to a 13-3 record. I hit I get the first mind you, we see what Dak is now, but Dak at that was a fourth round. Zeke ran his team to a 13-3 or 12-4. One we were 12-4, 13-3, but the best record in the NFC, he ran them to the best record in the NFC, running for 1,600-plus yards. And I get it, it was behind the best offensive line, but it was also with a fourth-round quarterback. Who, who nobody had out, film on. Who turned out who to Who nobody be, had film on. What, what, is, what has he done since? But, now the defensive coordinator have film on him. Who? Dak. This fourth-round quarterback that took the world by storm when nobody had film on him. What has he done? Uh, he also has a ten and six record on his resume after getting Amari Cooper, but he also went ten and six and won a playoff game. And what was he before Amari? Co- what was he between between Des Bryant and Amari Cooper? Two and seven. Zeke. Two. But you want to say he had Amari Cooper? What was he in between those? Yeah. Two, two and seven. Okay, but all I'm saying is, I feel like Dak. What made Dak take the world by storm? Was Zeke because in the second year it proved my point. We were looking like a playoff team. Zeke gets suspended. This goes to show how any running back can do what Zeke did. Zeke got suspended six games. We lose five of those six games with no Zeke, and Dak doesn't look as good without Zeke. Was therefore anybody could run behind our offensive line though, right? But we put another running back. You know, we put Alfred Moore's. He could he couldn't run us to the playoffs. Zeke runs us to the playoffs. Zeke leads the league in rushing. Not that year. Mm-hmm. He was suspended for six games. Up until he was suspended, Zeke was leading the league in rushing. Uh, up until the suspension. Also, okay. the year before, he led the league in rushing. And then what does he do? All right, I'm approved. Okay, I got suspended. This, that, and other. You know what I'm going to do my third year? I'm going to lead the league in rushing again. But because he did, we got so accustomed to Zeke being 1,600 yards and then if he wasn't suspended, he probably would have hit another 1,600 yards because he, he was right under 1,000 that second year anyway. Then that third year, he runs for 1,400 plus. So now you're so accustomed that Zeke had 1,300 yards. You're like, oh, man. But at the same time, Zeke don't. Zeke had a lot of carries. Zeke actually had a lot more carries than I thought because watching the games, it didn't seem like they were actually games where Zeke carried the ball 25 times. But to me, I'm also quality over quantity. I could give a running back 25 carries, but if I'm not giving him 25 carries, making the right play calls and setting him up, setting him up for the right success, then them 25 carries ain't going to be as equivalent as the Giants handing Saquon Barkley 15 times, but they're making the right calls. They'll hand it to Zeke on first and 10. Everybody in their mama know Dallas is running on first and 10. When they line back up in the eye formation, Zeke going to get it. And if he only give them a yard or two, they'll stop looking to him. And then late in the game when we losing or something like that, where it's just you know they're going to run the ball, they hand it to him five, six times in a row. Dallas, Jason Garrett never set Ezekiel Elliott up 
for for major success this past season anyway. Zeke just flat out did it off of talent in the first three years. And then this last year, he still runs for 1,300 yards, bro. But if Zeke is so great and Zeke is the reason Dak was so good, why was he 2-7 and seven until he got a number true number one receiver? Zeke was still doing his thing. That was the same year he led the league in rushing. But he was they y'all were two and seven until you got Cooper. Dak was playing terrible though. Up until he got Cooper, Dak was playing terrible. Like as much as when Zeke was really balling that first year, he elevated Dak because the it was off the shoulders of Dak. Like you said, they had film on Dak. So now they're like, all right, Zeke can eat all he wants, but guess what? We'll make we'll shake up Dak. You know what I'm saying? Zeke still led the league in rushing, and they were 10-6. and six. They had no other way to spread the field. Even Zeke can run for 100 yards, but if you can't pass for – if you can't give me another – Zeke was giving you 100-yard games, but if you can't give me another 200, we're not even going to ask for 250. If you could give me at least, like, some games or you could throw for 200, give me a couple touchdowns as a quarterback, they wasn't doing that. We were 2-7. Our defense was playing terrible at that time also. They decided to step up, but – you get that number one wide receiver, it takes the load off of, yeah, Zeke Zeke was so great, he was going to do his thing. But you want, you never blame a running back while they're two and seven. It's, it's not a running back's fault. A running back can elevate a quarterback because Zeke did it his rookie year with Dak his rookie year. He elevated Dak. And up to the point he had Dak confidence so high, Dak went toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers in that playoff game. And if it wasn't for that crazy throw that on that year only Aaron Rodgers could have made, Dallas goes to the NFC Championship that year. Rookie year, if it wasn't for that throw that Aaron Rodgers made, the one where he, boom, and do catch it right on the sideline, it was a catch. But if he doesn't make that throw, we play against anybody else and Dak plays the way he did, Dallas goes to the NFC Championship their rookie year. That game should have never been as close as it was. Oh, man. The Packers had literally the worst secondary in the league. That's why Matt Ryan threw all over them. Yeah, but you like Matt Ryan wasn't a bum. Like Matt Ryan's no, he, not a bum. He wasn't. Though. He wasn't a bum. And he was throwing to Julio. Like, you know what I'm saying? We had Dez, but I'm just saying, like You had Dez and according to you, the number one the the number one running back in the league. Yes. Yeah. Game should not have been that close. And we were playing with at that time the best we were playing against at that time the best quarterback in the league. There's eleven people on the field. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers had weapons. He had Devontae Adams. He had Jordy. Jordy Nelson was still on that team. He still had Jordy Nelson on that team. Aaron Rodgers, their defense was bad, but it ain't like the Cowboys secondary has just been the greatest either. We After that after that year, we went and drafted Byron Jones as a safety and moved them to corner. Our secondary was so bad. So I guess it was tick for tack against two of the worst secondaries in the league that year. But he went toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers. He went in a shootout with Aaron Rodgers. And if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers making that ridiculous throw, that crazy throw, I ain't gonna say it's ridiculous because it wasn't luck, but only Aaron Rodgers could do that. If it wasn't for him, rookie year of Zeke and Dak's rookie year, Dallas goes to the NFC Championship at the very least, and I think we possibly could have beat that Atlanta team. But that's besides the point because that's not what happened. But either way, we at the very least, you take away Aaron Rodgers' crazy. Miraculous throw and catch. It was a great catch, too, on the sideline, able to get your knee down. Dallas goes to the NFC Championship their first year. They had the best record in the NFC behind Zeke's 1,600 rushing yards. All right, so your argument is that running backs cannot carry teams. So so he, so he, Dak needed somebody like Cooper to help 
take the load off of Zeke, right? That's what you're saying. I'm not saying that running backs can't carry teams, but I mean, look. But at, the great ones can, right? Top it's, it do, it doesn't team. fall on running backs, though. Like it, a, a losing season doesn't fall on running backs. Or if it did, Saquon Barkley wouldn't be your number one running back. That's a true. losing if it, if it was all about winning with a running back, Saquon Barkley wouldn't be a number one running back because he can't excel. But that's not why. That I'm not. That's exactly why I'm saying. Zeke is not number one running back. But Zeke is the number one running back. He's, not. He's definitely better than Barkley. He's not. Let's take a look at this. In 2007, you know who's the number one seed in the AFC that year? Do you remember? No. San Diego Chargers. With LaDainian Thomason. Okay. What are you saying? That is a true number one running back. Because you know who the Chargers' number one receiver was that year? Who? Antonio Gates. They're tight end. And this was before a pass-happy league, before tight ends were true pass catchers. But you bring up, you go to the stats of the greatest, like, LT's and the greatest running backs of all time. Are right. Greatest running backs of all time. But then you wouldn't have Emmitt Smith. Like, if if the argument for Zeke why Zeke can't be number one is the same reason why you don't feel like Emmitt Smith is the greatest running back of all time. Correct. But he is. Like, so... Who's the greatest? Who Emmitt Smith is the greatest no, running back. And Zeke he's is not the best top three. Running, Zeke is the best running back in the NFL. He might right not now. even be top five. I gotta look at look at everything, but Emmitt Smith best. might not even be top five. <laughs> oh, oh man, just that off the just top sounds of the, like just some off the pure top, red skin. Just just off I the hate just, no, no no just off the top of the head. Obviously Barry Sanders. I do have LT at number number two. Um, Walter Payton uh-huh. is number three. Uh-huh. And I'm sure you can make an argument for Gale Sayers at four. Uh-huh. Or even Adrian Peterson, Frank Gore, somebody. <laughs> you he put might Frank not. Gore? <laughs> I'm you saying. put Frank Gore in the, in the conversation with Emmett Smith? Because if you're going to go longevity, the I, fact that, oh, Emmett Smith played longer than Barry Sanders, nah, so that makes Barry... Nah, nah, granted, I'm a big Frank Gore fan as far as, you know, I always say, we talk about top five running backs, how come we don't talk about Frank Gore? Because he's high on a lot of those lists, and people will say longevity... But at the same time, like, Emmitt Smith has records. Emmitt Smith was a running back on Super Bowl winning teams. Emmitt Smith was a winner. He was an MVP. Like, he was, he won a Super Bowl MVP. Like, this is, like, you know what I'm saying? And and Ezekiel Elliott is almost the same way. But because, you know why? You know where the hate comes from? They play for the Cowboys. And people will do anything to, to minimize Oh, Emmitt Smith would I could have did that if I had that offensive line. Oh, there's 20 other running backs that could do what he do if I had that offensive line. But you know what? If it was any other team with that same offensive line, there would not be that same hate unless it was the New England Patriots. Them, they, you can't play for them two teams and do anything great because people go they want to diminish it so bad. I'm gonna throw one more stat at you because we're still on number one in running backs. We're 40 minutes into this. I'm gonna throw one more stat at you. I just want you to think about. You know who has more negative net negative plays than any other player in the history of the NFL? Barry Sanders. Mm-hmm. He has lost more yards on plays than any other player in the NFL. And he still was on the verge of breaking that record. Yeah, but him having most negative plays sounds like a reason why he ain't that great. No, that's because he's a great, that's because he's a his great, offensive line was trash. But he's a that great, offense, he's just not the the offensive greatest. line he had in Detroit was straight garbage. Compared to what Dallas to compared to what Zeke and, and Emma Smith had. You're out of your mind. Alright, well at number two, 
Who um, you got at number two? At number two, I'm going oh, I'm to throw Christian McCaffrey. New Christian McCaffrey. Now, part of it, like I said, he benefits to me because he's white. And the other part of it is he's all he's all that the Carolina Panthers have. They don't have no more wide receiver. They had a good tight end, but he was older. So they they give Christian McCaffrey the ball more than I mean, I'm I'm sorry, you give Zeke the ball that much, you give Saquon Barkley the ball that much, you give Dalvin Cook the ball that much. There's a few running backs, you give Nick Chubb the ball that much. They put up that same production, if not better. If if say I'm sorry, I will say this. If Saquon Barkley got the same amount of touches that Christian McCaffrey got, Saquon Barkley would hands down be the best running back in the NFL. Because if, if we were talking about production and overall, you give Saquon Barkley the same opportunities that you give McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley would be the best running back in the NFL. He's probably the most talented. You know what I'm saying? Part of him, me not having him hide is is injury or whatever. And, and Saquon just doesn't have a big body of work yet. By year four, year five of Saquon Barkley's career, we'll probably, I'll probably be having a whole, com- whole different conversation. And Barkley probably will be the best running back in the NFL to me. But I'm going to do Christian McCaffrey. Because what he did last year was great, and he could have won MVP on a losing team. So Christian McCaffrey at number two, but let let's not buy the hype, people. We're not gonna be saying Christian McCaffrey the best running back in the league for all you people that do. You're not gonna be saying that next year. No, we're not, not at all. It'll it'll die down soon again once these uh, D coordinators get some film on him and they're they're able to to scheme for him. I, although I do have him at number two because I'm strictly just going based off of currently right now. Obviously, with the most recent season uh, fresh in my mind, that's obviously what we're going to be going off, or what I'm going off of at least. But I do have him at number two. Uh, He had, let's see, just this past season, he had 116 receptions and 287 uh, carries. So I think, I can't do the quick math in my head, but I think that's pretty close to 400. Uh, In fact, that is over 400 carries. 400 touches in total. He had 1,387 yards uh, rushing and 1,005 yards receiving. He is truly, I'm not going to call him an all-around back because he's not a good blocker. He's, he, he's not the prototypical running back. And that may change in years to come with offenses like the Panthers. I think Matt Rule is going to use him in that same capacity coming from college. Especially where he ran when he was in charge of Temple and most recently Baylor. They run the spread. So I think he's going to be able to use that. Same thing in Arizona with Cliff uh, Cliff Kingsbury. That's why he chose to keep Kenyon Drake and get rid of uh, Johnson. uh, David Johnson. So there could be a trend towards that type of running back that's going to hold in the league. And may be the new running back. But I don't think it will. Um so yeah, for for years to come, we're not going to be talking about Christian McCaffrey, top running backs, um, in the league for for very many years. He might still be top five next year, I think, but after that, he's going to fall off a lot. Especially that's just the nature of the beast with that position. Yeah, the shelf life for a running back is not high by any means. Uh, number three, um, I got your boy Zeke. Again, you know he benefits from that offensive line. Anybody would, just like uh, your boy Emmett did. Uh, but we spent enough time talking about that, so I'm not going to really really go into that much more. But at three, is, is a, he's still a good running back. He's still one of the best. Because pure talent-wise, yes, he is. I think he does highly benefit from 
I mean, you put him in somewhere like Arizona with the shitty offensive line, and he's maybe yards wise, maybe bottom half of the league. Yeah. Oh, and number three, I got I got Saquon Barkley. Um, part of it was just him being injured uh, last year, kind of took away with you know my personal bias for Zeke and, and Christian McCaffrey doing what he did. Uh, I'm gonna put Saquon Barkley at, at three. Uh, who you got at number four? I got one thing I do want to say real quick about Saquon though is that he was on a really bad team. He with was no receivers. He was and a rookie quarterback who you already know with someone like Saquon, you're gonna rely on the run game a lot. Last year though, they had some receivers though. Last year actually, the Giants' offense didn't. Who Sterling Shepard? You give you give the Giants. Office line. If the Giants had an office line last year, Daniel Jones had a really good rookie year. Saquon doesn't get hurt because he got hurt, and they, and they had some decent receivers. Like they weren't the Giants' office. If you look at it, wasn't trash. Evan Ingram wasn't trash. Then he ended up getting hurt a couple games. Golden Tate is not trash. Sterling Shepard he missed a few games with concussions, but even still, like you look at their roster. Like if they had an office line to block for Barkley. Daniel Jones had a pretty decent, uh, definitely above average, you know what I mean, almost a really good rookie season. If Saquon Barkley didn't get hurt, and the, the Giants just had no offensive line, but as far as weapons go, are they are they a top five receiving core in the in the NFL? No, but at the same time, they're not a bottom five either. They're, they're a little bit above average as far as having Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard. And it was another receiver that came on the scene up out of there that had a few good games towards the end of the season. So I wouldn't say the Giants just had no weapons. All they had was Barkley last year. Now, I think that might have been the case before, and they had Odell, but Odell got hurt a couple games then. And once Odell went out, Barkley was still balling because it was Barkley and that was it. Like, it was Barkley and that was it. I just don't think that's the same argument for this past year, but I will say he has a terrible offensive line. I definitely give him that. He does what he does behind a terrible offensive line, so I definitely give him that. All right, who you got at number four? Nick Chubb. See, I, I wanted to put him in there, but we only had one good year. I, I, I still want to see more. Oh, but why, why you got Nick Chubb? Because of that one good year, and then in, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's only played two years in the league at the same time, so. His rookie year, you remember, he wasn't the starting running back at first. So he comes in, I think about week three or four, I think. I could be wrong, but about week three or four. And he runs for almost 1,000 yards. You know what I'm saying? He was getting touchdowns. His rookie year, he had eight touchdowns. He averaged 5.2 yards a carry his rookie year. 192 attempts, 996 yards. He, he played in every game, but he wasn't the feature back in every game. Then this year, he's the feature back. You know what I'm saying? 298 carries, 1490. Yards so five five he averaged five yards a carry, eight touchdowns, and then his rookie year he never fumbled the ball he didn't fumble and he didn't lose them this year he he fumbled twice lost twice, but still like he never fumbled the ball played all sixteen games wasn't the feature running back developed the feature running back role averaged over five yards a carry rookie year averaged five yards a carry, his last year and the Browns were bad, the only good thing going for the Browns last year was Nick Chubb, the Browns True. were bad. There were a few games he literally ran them to victory. And there were a few games he could have ran them to victory, but they stopped giving them the ball and tried to put it in Baker Mayfield's hands. Terrible coaching, hence why their coach is fired. The Browns were bad. The O-line is bad because we, we say, oh, well, Baker was back there running for his life as a quarterback. 
And we, we give them an excuse for that, which is possible. The Browns' O-line was very bad, but at the same time, they still had a running back that ran for almost 1,500 yards. So they might have been bad pass blocking, and and if you feel like they're just as bad run blocking, then that goes to show how good Nick Chubb is True. anyway. So whether they're a run blocking offensive line and not a pass blocking offensive line, the O-line was bad, and Nick Chubb still gave us 1,500 yards. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to rock with Nick Chubb at number four. Number four, I got Delvin Cook. I have I've been waiting for this dude to blow up since he came out of college. I I was a big fan of him in Florida at Florida State. Um, I drafted him on my fantasy league, one of my fantasy teams, like the first two years. But he had, he kept getting hurt. Third year I didn't. This time uh, I finally I I took that chance again. It, it finally paid off. I think Davin Cook is. He has a chance to be the top running back in the league. I like his style. He's more of an old school north and south uh, running back. Uh, Thirteen or almost twelve hundred yards rushing. That's good for tenth in the league. He averaged four and a half yards per carry. Tied for fifth with Zeke. Uh, Thirteen touchdowns. No receiving touchdowns. That's the only really the only knock on him. He, didn't, he wasn't much of uh, much in the past game. But when you got people like Adam Thielen and and Stephon Diggs. You know, don't really need your running back to to really catch the ball much. Yeah. Um. At number five, it was hard because I was, I was thinking. Oh, you got you had Dalvin Cook at number four. I did have Dalvin five. Cook at so number four. At number five was a debate for me whether I was gonna pick Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry. So at number five, I went with Derrick Henry. Okay. Now, I know I I, I don't jump on hype trains, especially one year. But Derrick Henry from his rookie year till now showed improvement, got more carries. Because you remember his rookie year, he was with DeMarco Murray. He mm-hmm. wasn't the feature back. Uh, this past season, he was the feature back and ran his team. Now, that was the definition of he ran his team to AFC Championship. True. Now, Very now true. if anything, like, you know what I'm saying, his last eight games in his playoff run until he ran into the Chiefs, Derrick Henry's stats was remarkable. You know what I'm saying? He ended up. He was down there at one point. He was like fourth or fifth in the league in rushing. And as you know, come week 17, he his final game, he leads the league in rushing. He ran his team to the AFC Championship. So I'm going to put him at number five. But a guy like Derrick Henry, without a, a proper workload, he's not going to be a guy. If Derrick Henry ain't getting 20, 25 carries a game, he's really not going to make a difference. And the only thing with Dalvin Cook is, is not that I don't think Dalvin Cook. I really might think in the talent. Actually, ain't no really might. I think – Talent-wise, Dalvin Cook is better than Derrick Henry. And if you ask me to build a team, I would probably pick Dalvin Cook. But Dalvin Cook has had—he's been injury-prone since he's been in the league, and that's been problem. the knock on him and why he—you know what I mean? He looked like until he got hurt again this year. At some point, he was playing so great. Mm-hmm. We like, uh-oh, Dalvin Cook. You know what I'm saying? All these fantasy guys that had Dalvin Cook got excited, and I was like, damn, I didn't even think about Dalvin Cook, but. He's injury prone, and that's the only knock on him. But at the same time, it's a consistent thing. Dalvin Cook gets hurt every year, right. so that's that's the only reason why I put Derrick Henry. What he did this past season and Dalvin Cook's injury history is why I take Derrick Henry over Dalvin Cook and leave Dalvin Cook outside my top five. I respect that. I have Derrick Henry at five as well. Uh, obviously, led the league in rushing. He finished um, with an average of I think. Let me look it up real quick. One hundred and two point seven yards per game. And a lot of that is those last six to eight games, especially when they threw Ryan Tannehill in to replace Marcus Mariota. Uh, they had to rely heavy on that run game, and he he produced, like you said, he did run them not only into the playoffs, but to the NFC Championship game. And 
ran into that brick wall that was the Chiefs. Um, I think if Houston would have held on to their lead against Kansas City, I think we would be talking about you know Tennessee probably losing that Super Bowl to San Francisco, but nonetheless they would have been in that Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, he was drafted in 2016. Uh, 2016 averaged 32 yards per game in his rookie season. But again, like you said, he was splitting carries with DeMarco Murray. 2017, I think it was he was splitting carries with Deion Lewis from yeah from New England. I think that was the last two years. And then last year when he was finally, he, he got the job. That's when he, he blew up, averaged 100, um, 102 yards per carry or per game. Uh, so that's it for running backs. And next, the position that everybody cares about, the position that is arguably the most important. Um, not necessarily to me. I don't think it's the most important position. I think overall it might be the most important position, but I think you can build a team without a superstar quarterback. Like the year that Saquon came out the draft, I would have drafted him number one and then taken, uh, I can't I think... Who did I want Cleveland to take at four? I can't remember. They could have took Sam Darnold. They had two top five picks. No, I would have been good with Tyrod Taylor. I like Tyrod Taylor. But even still, they had two top five picks. I would have took Saquon, the most talented guy in the draft. You know what I'm saying? I take him. And then having another pick, like even though they went Baker and Denzel Ward, but I mean, I would have went. You could go either way, but I'm going to take the most talented guy. Right. Especially since, I mean, Baker ain't panning out to be the. True. That guy anyway. True. And that quarterback class, matter of fact, isn't that great anyway. I mean, Josh Allen. Josh Allen obviously is really good. Lamar Jackson. Sam Lamar Donald. Jackson was the dark horse, though. Yeah. Nobody was going to take him number one. If they could have seen this in the future, they would have took him number one. But they, you didn't see this coming out of college. so. And and Sam Darnold just has a really shitty coach. Yeah, Adam Gase is a bad, garbage coach. Yeah, he's in a bad situation. That's all it is. He's in a bad situation. And it's the Jets. Uh, but this one, let's work backwards this time. Let's start with number five. Who's your number five quarterback? Lamar Jackson. Okay. Speaking of Lamar Jackson. Now, a lot of people are going to jump on the hype train of what he did last year. And you know what I'm saying? Put him as, how do you not have him second or third at the max? You know what I'm saying? How do you not have him second? And there were, I mean, there were some people deeming Lamar Jackson, even though, yeah, he won MVP, but there were some people deeming him the best quarterback in the league, and that's not the case by any means. We'll get into who the best quarterback in the league is, and if you think different, then maybe you should just start watching football. But <laughs> I, got, I got Lamar Jackson at five. Um, what he did this past year, this past regular season, was incredible. But another thing was we had talked about before the playoffs, we had talked about I just don't trust him in the playoffs, and it showed against Tennessee. There's no way if Lamar Jackson was as great as he played in the regular season, there's no reason why Lamar Jackson should have lost that game True. to the Tennessee Titans. That, how that Ravens offense was rolling all year, it should have been no reason why he lost that game. And then his stats, once again, was all, almost like a Dak Prescott game. Like You look at his stats, you'd be like, well, Lamar Jackson did what he was supposed to do but he really didn't. That was in garbage time. They started, you know, they had like they were down by like two touchdowns. They started having to make big plays and start throwing the ball a lot. Cause Lamar Jackson at first half played terrible. But I'm gonna put him at number five. Um, he is the reigning NFL MVP. But I- I'm gonna put him at number five. He-, he would be probably the fifth guy I would think about drafting if I had a quarterback. I'm um, at number five. I actually got Deshaun Watson. Uh, cause dude's just a straight baller, getting kicked in the eye. 
you know, half blind. He's still making plays, still making game-winning plays. Um, I think one thing that sets Lamar Jackson above, because we'll get into it a little bit, but I do have Lamar Jackson at number four. One thing that sets him apart from Deshaun Watson is his running ability. And I know that he's he's not a running back. He is a quarterback. But I think it, it obviously is a huge part of, of the game now. And Lamar Jackson and, and John Harbaugh, they were able to put that offense together that that exploits not exploits but enhances his, his running ability and really it really helps them out um at number four like i just said i do have lamar jackson obviously he um counted for the most touchdowns in the nfl he threw 36 nine percent of his passes were were touchdowns which doesn't sound like a lot but when you think of how many passes especially in this nfl how many passes are thrown per game the fact that essentially nine out of every hundred passes were touchdowns it's it's really good, and it did lead the league. He was third in, in total QBR of 113.3, which I think the only people that had better than him, one of them was Ryan Tannehill, who only paid, played, I think, 10 or 12 games. Um, The one knock I have on him, though, as far as because he is a quarterback, he is responsible for throwing it. He only averaged 208 yards per, per game passing. That was good for 28th in the league. Um. The other four quarterbacks in my top five are all in the top 11. So that, that's really my only knock on Lamar Jackson and why I have him down at, at fourth. Yeah, at four, um, I take your number five and put him at four. I got Deshaun Watson ahead of Lamar Jackson. And I'm going to be honest, it's, it's going to sound crazy at first, but I think Deshaun Watson shows how great he is in a shitty situation. And now there's going to be a lot of people like, how is it bad for Deshaun Watson to – have DeAndre Hopkins, but like outside of him throwing to DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller is hurt half the season, the two years he's been in the league. They never really had another premier player on their offense. They didn't have a premier running back. They have a terrible offensive line until last year when they went to, you know, trade for Laramie Tunzel, mm-hmm. and they, they still were a bad offensive line. And Deshaun Watson still finds ways, like you said, gets kicked in our plays a game half blind and still finds a way to make plays. It still produce stats of a top quarterback production. You know what I mean? I think you put him, I mean, the same way, like, you put him in the best situation, and the, the difference between Lamar Jackson to me and Deshaun Watson, I can put Deshaun Watson anywhere and win games. True. I can't, I don't have to change my offense for Deshaun Watson. I have to change my offense for Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson cannot play in any offense and be the same Lamar Jackson because Deshaun Watson makes plays off his feet too, but they don't have zone read run plays for Deshaun Watson like that. They don't have it with uh, as soon as it snap it, he's looking to run. Where they changed the whole offense for Lamar Jackson to succeed where I think Deshaun Watson is a guy, he'll succeed in any offense. The better the situation, obviously, the better the quarterback's going to mm-hmm. be. I mean, you put any of these top guys with the best offensive line, a best wide receiver, a top five slot wide receiver, yeah, you give them the best situation possible, and they're going to be successful. But Deshaun Watson would do what he does anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Because the Texas situation is not as great as it seems. Like, But outside of DeAndre Hopkins, he doesn't have a consistent weapon. They tried to do it. Will Fuller tried to you know, stay healthy. They tried to get do it with having Kenny Stills, and it panned out for him. But before this past season, like they had no help, no, no weapons. You had DeAndre Hopkins, and that was it. And no running back. They don't have a premier running back. None of their running backs since Deshaun Watson been there has even been considered a top 10, 15 running back. So they don't have other playmakers besides Deshaun Watson 
in DeAndre Hopkins. So I'm, that's why I'm going to take Deshaun Watson over Lamar. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you said. Outside of DeAndre Hopkins, who he no longer has, I, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm very curious what that Houston Texans team is about to look like. And they might not even have Deshaun Watson next year. It sounds like he, you don't he want might, to be there. You're right. I wouldn't want to be there either. Uh, who you got at number three? Uh, Drew Brees. Okay. It's, uh, it's hard to really explain, but it's it's Drew Brees. Drew Brees been a right. top five quarterback of the, in the league majority of his career. And the reason why I say majority is because he wasn't really a top five quarterback in San Diego. But once he got to New Orleans, since he's been in New Orleans pretty much every year, barring any injury, Drew Brees has been a top five, to me, hands down quarterback in the league. You know, arguably, yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for being in the same era as Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, because Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, Drew Brees has been the three best Quarterbacks in the league typically through that era, them was the three best quarterbacks, and you could switch it each season. But I don't know if Drew Brees was ever just the best quarterback that season. Like, I don't even know if he has that on his resume as far as like he was just better than Peyton Manning, he was just better than Tom Brady. But his play has never, he had, he's went down, and they say his arm strength has gone down, and this, that, and the other. But like, his play has been consistent. His teams, these past few years, these past couple years, his teams ain't always good, but he has a Super Bowl on his belt, and his team. Mm-hmm. Are always high power offense, especially this past four or five years. They've been high power offenses with Drew Brees at the helm at quarterback. You know, a couple unlucky situations. Drew Brees might have been a quarterback leading his team to one, possibly even two Super Bowl appearances, let alone one or two Super Bowl rings. And you know what I'm saying? We'd be looking at Drew Brees as a different type of quarterback anyway. So I, I put him at three just because of his age. I, I can't put him over who I have at two and one. Yeah. I got Drew Brees at number three as well. Um, his completion percentage, he's hes always been an accurate quarterback. Led the NFL seven, almost uh, 74.5% completion percentage. 27 touchdowns out of total are good for fifth in the league. Uh, 7.1% of his touchdown pass, or 7.1%, 7.1% of his touchdowns, um, let's try that one more time. 7.1% of his passes were touchdowns. That same set I threw out for Lamar Jackson. That was third. Obviously, number one, like I said earlier, was Lamar Jackson. Number two is Ryan Tannehill. And I don't really... Not that I don't count what Ryan Tannehill did as far as his percentage, touchdown percentage goes. But he only played in 12 games. Plus, he had that beast of a, of a running back that he very much heavily relied on. Um, but nonetheless, Drew Brees was third in touchdown percentage of his passes thrown. Uh, obviously, all-time leading passer. Tom Brady will probably try to stay. That's probably why he went to Tampa Bay. Was try to be in a high-powered offense. To <laughs> yeah, and that's what it's that going to be. That's what it's going to be. But, all right, at number two, I got my guy, probably my favorite quarterback in the league right now, not named Dwayne Haskins, is Russell Wilson. <laughs> I really wanted to put him at number one, but um, I couldn't justify it. Russell Wilson was six in yards, 10th uh, in yards per game. Fifth in touchdown percentage. His his QBR, total QBR, 106.3 was good for fifth. I mean, everything, he's he, he's at the top of the league in every single important passing stat there is, there is to be in. He's consistent. He's never had a losing record. He's he's, he's what you want as, as your franchise quarterback. He's a hard worker, has talent. He's out of the news. I mean, the only reason he's in the news right now is, is 
him and Sierra's donating money to the to the coronavirus stuff. So he, he's a consummate professional. It's what you want in a franchise quarterback. Um, that along with all his stats, and he's just a baller. I got him at number two. Yeah, I got Russell Wilson at number two. Pretty much for the same reasons that you said. Um, you know what I'm saying? He's he's a winner. He, he dedicates himself to the game. Uh, he works hard, and he he's he's a winner. He elevates his team because it's not like Russell Wilson. He does what he does. It's not like he has top wide receivers, top yeah, tight doesn't. ends. You know what I'm saying? Who was Will Disley until this year? Like true. Who was that? And man, you you looked. You know what I'm saying? I follow him based off of fantasy football. I went and snagged him out there. Will Disley was balling until he got hurt. You know what I mean? Like, the running backs is the running backs, whatever. But, like, how good would Tyler, Tyler Lockett wouldn't be majority of the NFL's number one wide receiver. Right. DK Metcalf, he was great. He was a really good rookie. And don't get me wrong. Like, he has the potential to be, like, a receiver that Russell Wilson's been looking for. And another reason why I evaluate Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson got that paycheck. And then he goes and he's the runner-up in the MVP conversation. Right. He didn't fall down, get his payday and fall down. If anything, he improved and he got better after his payday and he was second in the MVP conversation. And he'll probably be a top five to six MVP candidate next year. So what I do like is that shows your dedication to the game. Some people play hard, ball out, work out. They get that payday and they like, all right, I got what I want. I'm still good. He's talented enough to be good, but being good isn't good enough for him. He... he Dedicates himself to being great, and he always he plays great in great moments. So I'm gonna go with Russell Wilson there too. Yeah, he was he was literally this man was literally inches away from being the number one seed in the playoffs. Yeah, which I think there was a few missed calls in that game that they should have won, but nonetheless, had they get had they gotten that number one seed, had that first round by playing, you know, right here in Seattle at the link, I think. Been a whole different yeah, story. Yeah, it could have changed. It could have changed the game, and you might have seen Seattle versus Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Was, uh, they they missed their opportunity by an inch, and I yeah. know it sucks, but it was missed by an inch. So I know who we going with at number one. Yeah. I'm gonna let you make the announcement, but I you mean, know who we going with at number one. It, it's not really a surprise. I mean, this man's been in the league for three seasons. He's been in the league for three years, and in those three years, he's won a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl MVP. A league MVP threw for five thousand yards in his first year as a full time starter, along with fifty seven touchdowns. Obviously, we're going Patrick Mahomes right now, hands down, is the best quarterback in the league. If you give me number one pick to draft anybody in the league right now to start a team round, I'm going Patrick Mahomes all day. Yeah, I'm Mahomes boy, man. I'm going Patrick Mahomes number one, but there's only one question I have with Patrick Mahomes. And, I mean, I guess, like I said, it goes back to the the situational argument that, like, how good, like, I just want to see, like, is Patrick Mahomes as good as we think? Like, he's great. Don't get me wrong. He's a great talent. He, he's talented, and I love Patrick Mahomes. But I want to see a guy like him that's as talented as we see and definitely think. Would he be as good if he didn't have, would he be doing this in Chicago? Would he have been doing this in Houston if he wouldn't have got picked? If he would have went to Chicago where now, you know, they got Mitch Trubisky traded right. up instead of getting him. If he wouldn't have got blessed sitting a year behind Alex Smith and going into Andy Reid offense with Travis Kelsey and Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill and then they draft the Marcus Robinson. Like, they have a good offensive line. Good, not great. They tried to make a move and get LaShawn McCoy 
You know what I'm saying? Damian Williams came out to be better, but the situation for a quarterback is a premier situation, especially Andy Reid always have high-powered offenses. Right. He had Donovan McNabb, who he didn't do what Patrick Mahomes is doing, but Donovan McNabb put up great numbers as the quarterback, and it's not that Donovan McNabb wasn't great, but like he went somewhere else and he wasn't as great. Like You know what I'm saying? So I don't know why you got to bring that up. I'm just saying. like I, I, did, I actually looked at you and made me think of, but either way, like it's just... That question, I think, will always sit with me as long. You know what I'm saying? And maybe the Mahomes-Andy Reid situation becomes the new Brady-Belichick situation. Right. Maybe they do ride it out for the next 15 to 20 years, and that that question will finally really start to pop up. Maybe after they win three or four more Super Bowls. So it just, But I want to know. like, we, we get to see Brady, yeah, it's finally 20 years later, but we get to see, like, is it Brady or is it Belichick? Like, who really gets the 55? They want that 60-40, not 50-50. So, yeah. who's going to get that 60-40? Like, are the Patriots still going to be 11-5, 12-4, even without Tom Brady? Most are going to say no, but if they are, that's all Bill Belichick. You know, you'll be like, he benefited. But is, like, Tom Brady going to be able to take the Bucks to the Super Bowl or something? Like, if so, even though it's in the high-power office with Bruce Arians, Bruce Arians ain't a great coach. He's a good coach, but to me, downgraded head coaches – so you're going to get to see, like, and I just don't want Patrick Mahomes to fall in that same category because I think he's that talented. But I still do wonder, like, would he be this good in Chicago? I think mean, he would be only because, and, and obviously the coaching helps. And, yeah, Brady's doing, he's downgrading at coach, at head coach. But he's upgrading at, at weapons. Oh, that most definitely. Now nah, he I, is it, most definitely. Gonna, I don't, and it could balance out. out or yeah, yeah. I think the, the weapons is going to. So, because now he's going to be in a in a high-powered offense. He's yeah. never been in a high-powered offense except for one year in 2007 when they had Randy Moss. That's it. Um, now he's going to be throwing the ball downfield. He's going to get his yard. So, it it's going to be a little inflated. His yard, his stats are going to, I think, are going to be su- substantially better this year than they ever were in New England outside of that 2007 year because of, of Bruce Arians. But if you look at the the way Patrick Mahomes plays, he's athletic. He he has a rocket arm. Yes, having Tyree Hill and, and Travis Kelsey, it helps. And I always feel bad getting into these discussions about, oh, well, it's the system. It's, it's not the system. It's not his fault where he got drafted. It's not his. It's the head coach's job to put a system mm-hmm. around a quarterback that will be successful. But yes, I think anywhere you go, Patrick, maybe maybe Patrick Mahomes wouldn't be throwing for five thousand yards in his first full season as a starter. But he definitely could have gotten would have gotten that team to the playoffs and you know a, a deep enough run. Right. That's it's just is is it's that thought. Like you know you have that thought with all the greats. Like, yeah. Would Tom Brady be the GOAT if he wasn't with Bill Belichick? You know what I'm saying? Like, would Joe Montana be as great if he wasn't the throwing if he wasn't throwing to Jerry Rice? Like there's there's always those ifs and they whether people benefit their situation, you know what I'm saying? And even we brought it up earlier talking about the running backs. Like, would Emmitt Smith be the GOAT if he wasn't you don't think he's the GOAT anyway, but but would he be the GOAT if he wasn't behind that great offensive line? Would Zeke even be a top five running back if he wasn't behind that offensive line? So there's always the what ifs for everybody. Where they benefit from it, whether they have a great head coach, great weapons around them, and this, that, or the other. But it's just, I do wonder, like, if he was to go to somewhere like the Bears. Like, that's the most reasonable, like, could he have won a Super Bowl with the Bears? I guess is my question, like. Because that was a possibility that he could be... Like, that's the argument. is like they went and got Mitch Trubisky and Patrick Mahomes was sitting there. Right. None of us knew Patrick Mahomes was going to be this great. Right. Anyway. 
But that's the argument is that, you know what I'm saying, Patrick Mahomes was sitting there. So that's to me, that's the direct, like, what would the Bears be like if Patrick Mahomes went to Chicago? Like, that's, I guess, the direct thought process because we can always say, like, what if Brady didn't have Belichick? Well, he could be, Belichick grabbed Brady in the sixth round. It ain't like they got the number one pick and pick Brady, you know what I'm saying? So he got blessed with Brady. There's always ways you can pick it apart. But, like, what if Patrick Mahomes got drafted by Chicago instead of Mitch Trubisky? Would they be? Would he be able to take that team to the playoffs? Or, I mean, not to play up to the Super Bowl. Or if he got drafted by Houston, like, he seems that much better right now than Deshaun Watson. But right. is he that much better based off of pure talent? Or is he that much better based off of the, his weapons? Like a product of his environment and his situ- he's in a better situation than Deshaun Watson. But like, could he have had DeAndre Hopkins and no O-line and win a Super Bowl with the Texans? I think and here's what I'll say on here's here's what I'll say on that. I don't think it would be the same because you look at those two quarterbacks in college. Deshaun Watson had was in the perfect situation. He had the perfect team around him with the perfect head coach. Won a national championship. Patrick Mahomes was in almost the same type of offense, just an yeah, air raid Texas pass Tech, first. A Big Twelve offense, yeah. And what did he do? He didn't do anything. So I think I think the system does have does play a huge part in in Patrick Mahomes' success. Um, but obviously, we I mean that's. It's a debate that we can have for years to come, for yeah. the next 15, 20 years, when Patrick Mahomes has seven, eight, nine Super Bowls. <laughs> you just went out there, didn't you? Jesus. Well, I got to have him breaking Brady's record. Man. No, he's not going to have that many because, no, no. because Dwayne Hassan is about to have about six or seven of them. Yeah, now you really so. tripping. I just don't think he's breaking the record because at the time, this is a new era of football with this next man up mentality of getting paid. You're not going to be able to keep these top teams together no more because you're not getting top talent at a bargain price anymore. Travis Kelsey is going to end up. Austin Hooper got paid. Travis Kelsey going to be next up. Top tight end. Tyreek Hill, whether he's a top five wide receiver or not, I mean, clearly neither we, neither of us think. But when he's on the outside. Considering him. But he, uh, he's on the outside. But I think he benefits more from Patrick Mahomes. But he's still going to want top three wide receiver money. Why? Because it's just this next man up mentality. So you're not going to be able to keep great teams together like you could in that Brady era where guys are getting that, that I take less for championships. And unless you win in more than – guys were taking less for championships and they were getting – the Patriots in that era were getting – key veteran guys like guys that were right on their decline like they're not worth that top money but at the same time I'm, and look at some of the Patriots defenses like he, everybody benefits from something because Tom Brady benefits from uh Adam Vinatieri being a heck of a kicker true and like them Patriots defenses in this era like if we do since 2000 the seven to eight best defenses in the NFL from 2000 in the past 20 years it's going to be about three or four Patriots defenses on there. And probably three of those four or four won a Super Bowl that year. Yeah, that's true. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're going to benefit from something everywhere, though. But I think Patrick Mahomes will work out some type of deal with the Chiefs to to try to keep everybody else. Because Patrick Mahomes, he, he comes from money. His dad was in the in the majors. He was a major league pitcher. So, he's... He's not one of those kids who, you know, he's he's trying to get money for his family and buy his mama house, none of that. I think he, he he's not going to take a a hometown discount. Mm-hmm. He's going to get paid, but I think he'll he'll structure it in a way that 
that still helps the team. Uh, that's all we got for you guys today. Really long episode, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was fun going back and forth. I know we agreed on most of it. That running backs was, was heated, though. I like that back and forth. When you guys are done, go check out my Twitter, FNC Pod. My Instagram, Football and Show Podcast. My Facebook is also Football and Show Podcast. Go like it. Um, check out the polls I have up. Share with your friends. They're football fans. Um, let me know what you guys think. Uh, definitely go follow Mo on Twitter. I think he just changed his his Twitter handle yep. at Mo underscore Up in Flames. Yep, yep. U P the letter N F L A M Easy. Yep. Um, definitely go check his out. He has his own podcast out now. Go check that out. Up in Flames is on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, everywhere. Uh, do us a favor, go and favorite our podcast over on Anchor, so that way um, when people are looking stuff up, looking up sports uh, podcasts, ours will come up uh, higher up on the list. Just help us get our names out there. Well, you got anything to add? Nope. Just hey, go follow, like, listen, share, comment, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to, to listen to it, send it through text messages, whatever you got to do to get football and chill out there. And whatever you gotta do to get up the flames out there, I don't, I don't care at this point. I'm about to start holding this on next to traffic and say, "Go listen to <laughs> Up in Flames or Football and Chill podcast." It'll catch enough people's attention, but that, that's it. And again, in in these times, I just want to say, everybody, stay safe out there. Whether you believe this virus or not, it, it, just think about other people and the people it can affect. Stay safe. Stay inside. Practice social distancing. Only go out when needed. I um, hope y'all stay safe. We love y'all. We out. That was long as hell. <laughs>